As we are here in the fall of 2023, uh, Israel finds itself at war. You don't know and I don't know the detailed specifics of how the future of that war is going to play out. Um, We know a lot of things about the future if we know the word and we have some specific direction about how we interact with what we know from even an emotional viewpoint. Let's talk about some of that today on Beyond the Notes. Whenever we take a moment and and talk on any of these podcasts about a current event, we run a risk uh, that even even between the time we record it and the time we broadcast it, the events may not be all that current. And the situation in Israel is changing day by day. There are offenses and counteroffenses happening, and it's a it's a it's a horrible, terrible um, war that has broken out. All wars are terrible. And we certainly pray as the word of God directs for the peace of Jerusalem. And we certainly lament when image bearers lose their lives in war, that's bad news. But whenever there's a, an item of world news that thrusts Israel into the headlines, there's a, there's a fresh round of sort of uh, in, in, in times agitation to, to apply a label to it. And over the course of the last week and a half, two weeks, I have been asked a lot of questions by, about, about end times prophecy. I've had a lot of people make very dire statements to me, and I've had a, a lot of uh, opportunity to observe emotional states. And um, Again, I've, I've chosen to use the word agitation because I, I, I wouldn't want to go so far as to call it hysteria. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, want to be unkind to those who are, who are agitated. And I, I, I want to just offer some assurances from God's word regarding how we are to respond emotionally. To the, to the fact that Jesus is, is one day going to come again. And the, the fact that, that, that this world is going to become increasingly unhinged until he does. Um, and one, one, one kind of bottom line up front hint I want to give you regarding, regarding anything, anything that you and I have to handle as a, as a sort of news item. Uh, a very wise counseling mentor shared this with me many, many years ago, and I have found it astonishingly useful both in my counseling and probably even more so in my own personal life. When, a, when an event happens, whether it's a, a news event or whether it's just a, 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 a wrinkle I didn't expect or maybe even don't like in my own life, One very useful question to help me contextualize things is this. What does this event teach me that I did not already know? You see, six months ago, you and I both knew that Israel is surrounded by nations that really, really wish the nation of Israel didn't exist. They despise the Jewish people for various reasons. Um... And they would have Israel not be there 
We knew that a long time ago. So when horrifically and tragically uh, an overt attack is made on the nation of Israel, um, it's news and it's bad. So it's bad news. But it shouldn't cause us to go into some sort of tailspin as though we are utterly shocked and utterly caught off guard and having to process what is for us utterly new information. It just isn't that. And as for, as for the, uh, the end times intensity of Israel coming under attack, you know, the nation of Israel has been attacked before. And uh, we've lived through episodes of end times agitation before. <laughs> I remember Y2K. Um, people got end times agitated. And January 1st, 2000 came and went with hardly a ripple. Prior to that, and I alluded to this uh, last Lord's Day in the message, the, the 4.5 million copy seller, 88 reasons the rapture will occur in 88. You talk about coming in with a bang and leaving with a whimper. I think he wrote a couple of additional books after that, but I don't think they sold as many copies because <laughs> he had it wrong. What are you and I to do with, with end times data? Well, specifically, our emotional state. So I want to share a couple of scriptures with you that speak quite specifically to that. Jesus' great end-time sermon, the so-called Olivet Discourse, is contained largely in Matthew 24 and 25. And at the very start of that message, uh, Matthew 24, 3, we get some coaching regarding emotional state. Now, I want you to listen up. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, this is Matthew 24, beginning in verse 3. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, he is Jesus. The disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them. See that no one leads you astray for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and they will lead many astray. And you will hear it comes here and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed for this must take place, but the end is not yet. So even if you believe you are hearing of wars and rumors of wars connected to the end of the age, your Lord has said to you, see that you are not alarmed. Therefore, there's no place for alarmism. But there's a war. That's precisely the context. Just a thought. First Thessalonians, the, the great um, oft-cited rapture passage. Um, when he's describing the, the, the coming removal of the church from the world and the resurrection of those who have, who have died in Christ. Uh, it's in 1 Thessalonians 4, beginning in verse 13. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, and he means those who have died, that you may not grieve as others who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. 
For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. That's interesting because he's already said they're coming with Jesus, and now he says they're rising. So this is the resurrection and the reassembling, if you will, of the undying spirit of those who have gone to be with Jesus with their resurrection bodies. And this is not an eschatology study. I'll leave the details of that for another time. But he's describing the event that is commonly referred to as the rapture. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Okay. But what about our emotional state regarding all that? Well, verse 18, therefore, encourage one another with these words. And he goes on in chapter five and says some more stuff about about the day of the Lord and the the end of the age. And at the end of the paragraph where he's speaking of that, and I won't read the whole paragraph, but once again, at the end of that paragraph in chapter five, verse 11, same book, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you were doing. So he's already told us not to be alarmed in Matthew 24. And now the word of God is telling us in first Thessalonians four and five, that when we, when we speak of, and even as we think of experiencing the reality of the end of the age, be encouraged Certainly, be encouraged to pray for the peace of Israel. He told us that 3,000 years ago in the Psalms. Be encouraged to anticipate the return of the king. Be an- encouraged to, to anticipate the vindication of history. Where's the scripture that says we're supposed to run about like our hair's on fire? It's not there. Second Thessalonians. Um, I, have, I have taught my position which isn't just my position, but I've taught the position that I hold on the, on the timing of the rapture. I'm always a little bit puzzled by uh, anyone who would say that the, that the next event to happen in terms of, of God's prophetic layout is the rapture. I, I, I believe that is quite specifically not true. And I believe that uh, this next passage of scripture is a, a, a place where it's not true. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1, but again, this is not an end time study. I'll answer emails and, and you can make comments that will be find their way to me. But Second Thessalonians 2, now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus and our being gathered together to him. So those two events. We ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed, either by spirit or by spoken word or a letter seeming to come from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. The day of the Lord in that sentence includes both uh, the coming of our Lord Jesus and our being gathered. And then he goes on to say that day will not come unless some other stuff happens first. So careful saying that the the rapture is the next thing. Uh, he's told us some things that are going to happen before that happens, but I digress. In the course of that, you hear what he said? Do not be shaken in mind or alarmed. So now I think we're up to three or four direct commandments in Scripture regarding not being alarmed, rattled, shaken up, freaked out at the thought of the end of the age. For the believer the thought of the end of the age is to be one of comfort, encouragement, excitement, joy that the Lord shall soon 
step onto the stage of planet Earth and make things right. Yeah, but, but, but Pastor Russell, between now and then, it could get really bad. Well, I've been in Christian ministry for a long time. And some of you have been walking with God for a long time. I've walked people through pancreatic cancer diagnosis that led to death. I've wept with parents who've conducted the funeral of their child. I've been present in the immediate aftermath of suicides. Hmm. Might it get bad? It's already bad. It's a fallen world. Um, and to freak out that world conditions could get less pleasant for people. Well, if you're looking around and seeing reality, they're potentially quite unpleasant today. And I don't mean to be grim. I truly don't. But there's a reason that John at the end of the book of Revelation cried out, even so come quickly, Lord Jesus, it's bad and we need rescuing. Um, so what, what should we do? The good news is to wrap up this morning's or today's podcast. I, I have, I have some direction for you. If the end of time is rushing toward us and it is at the rate of one day per day, we are one day closer to the end of the age than we have ever been. So the day is approaching. What should we do? Even, even as an obedience point. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Hold fast to your confession, stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So, if we're getting right down to it, hold on to what you believe, encourage others, and gather with the body of Christ. That's what we are supposed to do while we're not being alarmed. Well, that's what I believe the Word of God would have us see today regarding end times alarmism. I hope by now you're uh, subscribed to our podcast. I hope you're sharing them with your friends and family. And I look forward to being with you again on Beyond the Notes.